Welcome back, Literary Slummers, to another episode of Shelf Aware, the podcast where we are reading books outside of our comfort zones. I'm Anna. And I'm Em. This week on Shelf Aware, we are continuing Anna's unit on Highland time slip romances, but <laughs> not Outlander. Och. <laughs> Och, I... <Och>, no. <laughs> So this week we we read a a uh, example of the genre. I wouldn't say it's the most famous example of the genre. I think we already did that outside of Out- Outlander, um, but it is an earlier example of the genre in that it's from the 1990s. But before we get too far into that, it's time for history lesson. Yay! Yay history. Okay, so there's three parts to this genre, this subgenre, right? So we've got mm-hmm. Highland. Time yes. slip and romance. Yes. Uh, so, what do each of these things refer to? Yes, uh, <laughs> Highland refers to Scottish Highlands, uh, usually pre-Jacobite Rebellion or during the Jacobite Rebellion, which was in mm-hmm. the 1700s, um, and it's kind of like before Scotland really got brought fully under heel to England. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was still kind of this like it's a lot of tension. Yeah, there's the tension, and there's also. I mentioned in the last episode we did on this that it feels a little bit white power-y, right? Of like, we have to go back to a time, right? <laughs> yes, 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 very much. I kind of thought reading this that what I feel like actually the appeal of this is, is that it's all of the drama of like dealing with a, with a um, not subjugated, uh, not othered. What's what I'm looking for? Um oppressed oppressed thank you an oppressed (laughs) group without having it actually be interracial right it's like it's all of the oppression but they're still white right Mm. is kind of the vibe yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) so okay highland then we've got time slip right and uh, time slip for those who don't know is a type of time travel in which the person who is time traveling is unaware or unable to control what or when or how they time travel right so it's not like a time machine it's yeah just, sadly they're yeah it's like they're literally slipping through time right okay imagine if you did build a time machine just for the purpose of getting ancient dick i mean honestly <laughs> honestly that's probably one of the better reasons to build a time machine <laughs> let me wow you with my modern day <laughs> medicine and revealing clothing <laughs> Now give me all the D. Listen, I don't want to fuck up history by killing Hitler or what have you, but, you know, who says we can't fuck up a little history of our own? <laughs> hey oh. <laughs> right, so we got, we got time slip, we got Highland. Now romance. What is mm. romance? When one man loves a woman very much, or alternatively, when one woman loves a woman very much, or two men, or two people who don't identify as any particular gender. Or a group of three or more people, as long as everyone's consenting. When someone gets bit by a paranormal creature and then can turn (laughs) into that creature at will. Okay. Uh, The first romance is generally agreed to be from the 1740s. And it is a book called Pamela or Virtue Rewarded. By oh my Samuel god, I Richardson. read that. Have you? Okay, I so, did. So my my brief description of it is: servant girl has to deal with horny employer, uh, rejects his advances, so he's like, "Cool, cool, marry me as a reward." 
and mm. everybody lives happily ever after. Is that more or less the vibe? Yeah, I kind of, yeah, it was like she was brought up in this, but it was still kind of like, if I'm remembering correctly, because we had to read several of these. We read Pamela and then we read Roxanne, mm-hmm. which I think is like of a similar vein. And then we read the, uh, oh, the, what is that porn novel? The Fanny, whatever. Anyway, it was a weird class um, with <laughs> a lot of weird romances in it or lack thereof. But yeah, it's something along those lines. Great. So essentially, um, that was kind of the first one and it, I didn't read it, but it doesn't seem great, but, uh, no, it was dreadfully boring because it's from that time when they're like novels. I don't know yet what those are like. So I'm just going to put sure. a bunch of shit in a book. <laughs> you mean this is a book that is an untruth <gasps> that in itself is exciting. <laughs> Fanny Hill memoirs of a woman of pleasure is the book I was thinking of. <laughs> But we, we move on from there uh, to, like, kind of the Bronte Austin era. Um, it, and we see, like, these early romances are focused on individuality, uh, the centering of female desire, and escapism, which is something that has continued through to modern romances. Mm-hmm. Um, once we get into the 20th century, we start having historical romances, right, which is kind of leading into the Highland romances since that's a specific historical period. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we see stuff like Margaret Mitchell's Gone with the Wind and Georgette Hare, um, and we see uh, there's this, like, continuing evolution of the typical romance heroine. Um, mm-hmm. She's still kind of, like, breaking gender norms, some gender norms, I should say, just some. Um, and usually there's some sort of exotic locale or exotic, not locale necessarily, but time period. So either it's, like, exotic in place or time, right? Something that the yes. reader isn't going to be familiar with. So this kind of continues, and then we get into the era of Harlequin romances and mass market paperbacks. And specifically, in 1972, the first Bodice Ripper comes out. Uh, This is The Flame and the Flower by Kathleen E. Woodywiss. Um, I like that name. I know, right? But this is the sub-genre romance that is historical fiction with sexy, sexy, sex scenes. Mm -hmm. Usually it focuses on an alpha male type. And Mm -hmm. usually there's lots of rape and abuse because women say no, but they don't really mean no. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's that whole baby. It's cold outside thing. Exactly. 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 But it's a product of the times. Right. Mm -hmm. But it's also like a product of the times in that it's being written in like the 70s up to the 2000s. And also a product of the times in that it's historical. Right. So they're like, oh, She's saying no because she's a Victorian lady and can't say yes, so it's sexy. It's like, no. (laughs) Uh, Okay, so this is kind of leading up into the late 1980s. Um, We have all of these, like, niche genres that are forming. We have, like, place or time subgenres, like swashbuckler romances, Georgian romances, Regency romances, and Highlander romances. Um... Highlander romances specifically became a popular trope with writers like Julie Garwood and uh, Jude Devereaux, who my mother suggested we read for this. Uh, LOL. <laughs> I know, right? And then there's also like plot subgenres like Arranged Marriage, Runaway Bride, Paranormal, and also Time Slip with authors like Susanna Kearsley and also Jude Devereaux. But sadly, Jude Devereaux did not have one that I could find that was both Highland and Time Slip, so I could not follow my mother's advice. <laughs> All right, cool. So, all of this, we get into the late 1980s. Uh, This woman named Diana Gabaldon decides to write a book about the Jacobite Rebellion. 
because she saw a dude in a kilt on Doctor Who and was like, mm, yes, love that for me. So basically, <laughs> Outlander is Doctor Who fanfic. Amazing. I didn't know that. I'm more inclined to read Outlander now. <laughs> but so she starts writing this book. And in addition to it basically being Doctor Who fanfic, I mean, there's no Doctor Who in it, right? It's, it's uh, one of uh, the Doctor's companions was a Scottish guy from, like, the Jacobite era. And she was like, love that, and named Jamie after him. Mm-hmm. So she starts writing this book, and she didn't plan to publish it. And she also didn't plan for it to be a time slip novel or a romance novel. But then she's writing this main character and she's just too sassy to be from the 1700s or to be from the 1700s so she's like okay she's a time traveler i guess (laughs) oh my gosh easiest yeah easiest solution there right she's like she's too sassy she's got a mind of her own she's from the early 1900s it's fine um so she gets to the point where she's publishing and the publishers are like i don't know how to market this cinder block of a book let's bet on horny and Gavaldon's like, it's not a romance. And they were like, okay, well, but what if we just, be. they're like, what if we just say the paperback's a romance? And she's like, okay, fine. And lo, these many years later, it's still sold as a romance novel, even though the author says it isn't. Most people who, people who have read it said it isn't. And uh, including people who read romance novels like myself and other romance authors are like, it isn't. But it won a Rita Award at one point, so I guess... I had no uh, idea it wasn't a romance. Yeah, I would argue it's not, because it's not. Um, kind of the first book you could <laughs> I would make... argue it's not, because it's not. <laughs> I'm sold. <laughs> okay, you could argue the first book is in that it is based... There is a lot of the plot They have a getting is... together. Yes, they have a getting together. But the entire series is much more of like a historical family drama than it is a mm. romance. Um, it doesn't it focus on... It inclined to read it. Well, you know, I'm not here to preach that everyone should read Outlander because I certainly don't think so. It has a lot of, like, really... Uh, uh, this is why I say it's not a romance, though, because there is a lot of, like, rape and abuse and stuff. And as I yeah. said before, I don't like that in my romance. So to me, putting it as a romance makes it a bad book, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Yes. Um, if you are reading it as like a time travel adventure uh, with romance, yeah, it works. Um, Anyway, so after that time slip kind of blew up for a while um, and then it calmed down and then it got turned into a a TV show and people started getting horny for kilts again. So here we are. I don't like the kilt thing is not my particular jam. Like I understand the appeal of a man's legs, but like you're covering up the butt with the kill. And isn't that like the legs, that's what they lead to is the butt. Um, I mean, I suppose I don't, Hmm. I might not be the one to ask about this because I also do Hmm. not particularly yearn for kilts. Um, I read an article when I was researching this, that was written by, and I'll share the link in the, in the show notes, but, um, there was a, another, a writer, she wrote about how she is from Scotland, and so she read a bunch of Scottish romances and how it, like, fetishizes the culture. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a really interesting read. Uh, and she had a lot of really good points about, like, how, like, most Scottish romances are kind of 
super uber white and pretend that Scotland didn't have black people around, even though Scotland was a big part of the slave trade and like all of this other stuff. Mm. And I mean, like, I think the kilt thing kind of goes into that fetishization, maybe. I think it gets touched on in this book even a little bit where like uh, towards the end when they're like, ooh, your clan colors are wrong. And they're like, oh, actually, the whole clan color thing is, like, something that really has only been for the last yeah. 100 years or so. I can wear whatever colors I fucking want. I can want. wear whatever colors I want. And everyone's like, oh, well, that's so boring. And it's kind of like that whole, like, fetishization of the Scottish culture thing of, mm-hmm. like, oh, ooh, the kilt, it symbolizes, ooh, that he's a strong man who's a part of a family unit and, like, this big... And his wing wings just floating free in there. And his wing wings just out and about. And he can do it anytime he wants. Like, there's a lot of weird vibes going into the... And I'm not trying to shame anybody who particularly likes the look of a kilt. But um, I don't super... Because, yeah, like you said, it kind of covers up the butt, I feel like. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I guess because it's kind of like the whole... I don't know. Maybe it's it's like the idea... the what it is hiding is what's mm. enticing. I don't know. But I mean I guess it has comparisons in like women's skirts, right? Because yeah. like women's skirts versus leggings. I know a lot of guys are like, ooh, sundresses versus like pants or leggings. And I guess you could make the argument that some sundresses cover up the butt. Like they're not particularly form fitting or anything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um but there's still that like like sundress I feel is a specific uh women's clothing item that gets fetishized in a weird way similar to kilts or like business suits or whatever you know yes business suits i can understand though see i don't i don't particularly get that one either i don't have it i don't this is getting into personal i think it comes along with like fetishizing villains for me to be honest that makes sense yes that just clicked in my head for you Like, I'm not going to go, like, leather pants, but a well-tailored three-piece suit. Sure, sure. Uh, Okay, so this book uh, (laughs) is called A Slip in Time by Kathleen Kirkwood. And I picked it, uh, A, because the last one we read was Girl Travels Back to Highlands. And this Mm -hmm. is uh, double, double, like Outlander. Everyone is time-traveling. Everyone's time-traveling. And also, like Outlander, this one is set the the furthest point forward is still historical right it is a victorian girl traveling back Mm -hmm. to the 1400s um so i thought that was interesting and uh it is also part of that wave of post outlander uh fiction in which people were like yes horny for scots Mm -hmm. um which again not to say that outlander was the first horny for scots book but it did certainly push a lot of these to the forefront um so what did you think of this offering um i think that when you say it is a it it is like riding that wave of post outlander i'm like yeah that makes a lot of sense because this to me as someone who isn't familiar at all with highland romances i was like this is this is dull like the characters Mm. are flat they have no personality nothing even even the drama of it there's just it kind of it all fell flat I was like this is just this is dull and it definitely reads to me like you know the same way that like all those YA dystopian trilogies were coming Mm -hmm. out right after Hunger Games and all of that like it's just kind of like okay 
there is a formula you're imprinting yourself upon and I'm supposed to know all of the rules and tropes and everything of that to enjoy this one more fully. Mm-hmm. So what did you think? Um, I would say, again, I'm not a big Highland time slip person, mm-hmm. uh, but I have read both time slip romance and Highland romance separately. And I and did Outlander. read Outlander. <laughs> yes. Um, I also found this one a little bit boring. Mm-hmm. Um, we so I, to read this. Yeah, it was a bit of a slog, especially at the beginning. And I was definitely skimming a lot of mm. the like non-talking bits because I was like, okay, move yes. on. She's just um, sad about not being together. I get it. Yes. And I did, like you said, it did feel very, I don't want to be like, oh, this was clearly a cash grab. Like maybe the author wanted to write this book and it just ha- it happened to be post Outlander. It was kind of like, okay, well, fortuitous. I can, you know, easy pub. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. Um, it did feel a little bit like, and I wouldn't even say it's an Outlander ripoff because it's very, no. very much not. But like, it, it did feel like you said, like it was for people who already are inclined to like this uh, trope, yes. right? Yeah, it was very self-insert. I feel like you, anyone mm. could be Julia and you could put any man in a kilt in Ray's role and it would be. Yeah whatever i will say i did like ray and julia significantly more than the couple from beyond the highland oh my gosh anything would be an improvement on that yes yes (laughs) because although there was a little bit of dubious uh nudity here in terms of consent there wasn't any actual raping which is always a plus huge step up uh (laughs) yes (laughs) um all right cool well Let's talk about other things we've read before we talk about this thing that we read and sure. maybe recommend something more modern day re- audiences would like to read. Mm. So, okay. So this week I read, uh, first off, I read the second uh, book in that series that I was talking about last episode or in uh, the Great Gatsby episode, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. the sequel to The Empress of Salt and Fortune When the Tiger Comes Down from the Mountain. Uh, by Nevo, which was very good, so recommend that too. The other thing that I was reading this week was uh, The Ghost Bride by Yang Si Chu, which it was fucking phenomenal. And it's a book about this girl who, this this guy dies and his family, okay, so this guy dies and is a ghost and wants to marry this girl and is like, tries to get his family to arrange it. Mm-hmm. And she's like, no, I super fucking don't want to do that. And it's like, turns into this big whole like paranormal drama with like ghosts and shit and um, romance. But I'm not going to say who, who the romance is with was really good. Um, and like all of this uh, like family, almost soap opera levels of just like crazy family drama stuff. And it's, it was so fucking good. Like all of it the fantasy stuff good. was the world building was great. The drama was what I live for. It was a phenomenal read. And like I said, and the romance was super freaking cute and I loved it. Another five star read. Super recommend. Check it out. That I think it's fantastic. a series on Netflix now or something. I don't know, but um, it was a great, 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 great book. And I, I picked it because I was like, oh, also a historical romance. And it Perfect. is in a way, but also like there's. It's, it's, I'm intrigued. There's a lot of murder and there's like 
secrets and mysteries and family betrayal and all sorts of good shit. So check it out if you want a good read. Hold on, I'm going to buy it. Oh, yeah, it says Netflix original series on there right now. Cool. Maybe Maybe I'll watch that. that's how I heard of it. Maybe I was going to watch it. Maybe. I don't remember. You know how I've been into sea dramas lately. I do. I do. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, the good news for me is I broke my curse of not being able to (laughs) enjoy any narrative media whatsoever. Um, I read... Just today, I sat down and I fucking read it. I was like, this is really good. Uh, Instructions for Dancing by Nicola Yoon. I have oh, not yeah. read any of her books before. Um, and I know, like, I know, th- or maybe it's just the people I follow have mixed feelings about um, about them. But Instructions for Dancing, I thought was very good. It's a contemporary romance, um, YA a girl um, has stopped believing in love after her parents got a divorce, and she um, is it's kind of it's kind of a little bit magical realism, but she's she's mysteriously granted these powers that when people when she sees a couple who are in love kiss for the first time, she sees how their whole romance plays out, and so she oh. sees like a ton of breakups and stuff happening, um, and. Also, as she gains those powers, she also decides to start taking dancing lessons, and she meets this boy, Xavier, who goes by the, by X, and they kind of start romance. It was nice. It was like a coming of age, um, but also like that first big heavy romance of your life. Mm-hmm. So I, I really liked it. It was light. It was fluffy. It was good for um, those summer reads where you don't have the energy to concentrate on a lot of stuff maybe that's heavier. Uh, me, certainly, I am talking about. I don't know if anyone <laughs> else is in that same boat, but uh, yeah. I don't think I'd give it five stars, but it was good. Wow. Caddy I really liked there. it, but it's not. Oh my God, are we going to get into this now? <laughs> five stars are nothing, Anna. Five stars, or it was awful. No. If you don't uh, give it five stars, it means you hated it. It means I hate it. I'm a terrible person. I'm so and you sorry. Want the, and you want the author to never write another book again. A hundred. Yeah, that's me. All right. Uh, <laughs> solid four star book. <laughs> all right. So speaking of a three star or less book, let's talk about uh, what happened in this book. It's uh, less star. Let me spoilers for me. Less star. <laughs> I, I'm giving it three because I was like, like I said, I'd recommend it for people who like the book, right? Or who like the, the book. The trope, the genre. <laughs> I recommend for people who like the genre, yeah. yeah. Um, I just, I don't know. The, the characters, though, they were, well, whatever. We'll talk about it. We'll get into it. Right um, now. Let's do it. <laughs> I wrote my notes on my iPad, which, like, doesn't show the line breaks on Google Docs. Mm. And I was like, I don't really have a lot to say about this book. So we'll see how this episode goes. But I apparently did because I have three pages of notes. So, you know. Great. Happens. Um, all right, so this book opens. Julia's parents have recently died, and she's gone to stay with her rich aunt from some, like, big, significant family name. Who cares? Um, <laughs> who cares because her aunt is in the story for, like, one second. Her parents <laughs> died on a ship traveling with their cargo that they were going to sell because that's how they made their living, I guess. But her mom married down um significantly so her family ostracized her until until she died and then the aunt was like oh, i'm overcome with guilt and regret please come with it was me actually Julia. the grandmother who was overcome with guilt and regret and then shipped her off to the aunt and, for the summer yes right. and then was like now get out of here no, go, go hang out with your cousins i don't have time for you go snag a rich husband don't fuck up like your mother did 
there's like kind of some. I feel like maybe this is yet again one of those romance novel situations where this is like setting up a wider romance series or something where I was mm-hmm. like I feel like something's going on with the grandma where like the grandma's like because at, at one point the the old man who Julia befriends is like don't worry I wrote to your grandma it's fine you don't you don't know like we already have a relationship I'm like are they fucking like, uh, yeah the do they like mm-hmm. are we yes. gonna get a, a sequel about the grandma and the old man but no <laughs> this is this is a one-off and it yeah. was written in 1998 so we'll probably remain probably a one-off. probably never gonna get that grandma sequel unless kathleen kirkwood's like surprise for the 15th <laughs> anniversary no 25th an- jesus 25th anniversary 35th anniversary who even knows what math is it's 25 surely because i'm only 32 yeah, okay yeah it'd be 25 <laughs> okay um <laughs> We read books on this podcast. We don't do we mathematical don't do math. equations, <laughs> including basic addition. I do math at my day job. I certainly will not do math here. Oh my god! I let when I when I had a day job, I let the computer do all the math. It's fine. Ugh, uh, it's a twenty-five year computer. anniversary. She's gonna be like, finally, the sequel you've all been waiting for, where grandma for and grandfather figure fuck. Ah <laughs> uh, yes. Can't I don't know. Wait. That is that is a thing now. I feel like. Old people fucking? Yeah, yeah. It's a Hmm. lot of like, well, I mean, it makes sense when you think about it because like a lot of romance readers are, you know. grown with the genre. Women who are adults and have, you know. I mean, there's nothing wrong with a late in life romance. Yeah. And I feel like it's especially in these like historical series, there's kind of a tendency now to be like, and now for the book 3.5, it's going to be that old lady. Like, oh, okay. Like, she's sure. going to get a novella. Like, okay, that that seems like the appropriate amount of time for this. <laughs> Sorry, I'm on the Goodreads page for this book. I know we're supposed to be talking about what happens, <laughs> but it's fine. Oh, I'm on the Goodreads page for this book. And you know how they have lists with this book? Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. Best medieval romance novels. Cool. Well, I'm here for it. Whatever. It's fine. Uh, character you most want to sleep with. Okay, whatever. Uh-huh. Spanking anthologies? More bang for your smack? Was there spanking in this book? <laughs> I was going to say, actually, the only time I remember anyone spanking anybody, because you know I have a photographic memory for spanks, was... <laughs> Let me search my spankadex. Hold on. <laughs> the spank bank, of course. The, the, yeah. Is that not what... You guys that, yeah, no, I, I think that? there's a slightly different way people use that one. <laughs> <laughs> no, in my spank bank, there is a moment in this book <laughs> where um, the villain spanks uh, uh, his love interest or sort of love interest fiance at the time when she's leaving the room he's like he smacks her on the ass as she leaves which is barely in even Victorian a era in front yes. of everyone. No, no, no. It's when they're plotting. You know, oh. during that whole thing and then oh. she leaves and he like smacks her butt as she goes what a and weird i was like choice. that's weird right so i remembered it but i certainly wouldn't put that in like the best of spanks the spank like, the spanking anthologies more weird. bang for your smack maybe i just like i love a, that maybe there's a, a spank cut that is different yeah than the, this one. The, <laughs> All the spanks that we had to cut out of this book or else it would be rated too, 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 I don't know. What's the word when you. Lascivious? Yeah, maybe. Too spankerific? Too spankerific. 
too star spankled. Oh my god. I should get off this list because the titles are making me laugh. Okay, anyway, so she's Julia is currently touring around with her cousins making like social visits, I guess. I don't know what they used to do back then. Uh, they all just travel around to everybody's houses. A lot of her family, uh, Julia's family, doesn't seem to care for her because of her mom running off with her dad or whatever. They, they um, think that Julia is of a lower class than they are. Because so, she is. They're right. They're yeah, right. yeah. They're, they're not wrong. By the, by the rules of Victorian society, they are technically correct. <laughs> um, and Julia is only really friends with her one cousin, Emmeline, and Emmeline's secret lover, Lord Robert. It doesn't matter. They're only in the book for, like, also a second. And don't um, really do anything for the plot. Just make an, an excuse for Julia to be like, if you find love, you have to hold on to it. Which I was yes. like, okay. Did we need this subplot to make this point? I don't think so. No, also, no. I liked that her two cousins were Emmeline, who is clearly the nice one because her name is Emmeline, and Lilith. <laughs> yeah. Which, where do you think she falls on the alignment <laughs> chart? Mm. Hmm. Uh, anyway, their their whole group of young people that are traveling together make their way up to Castle Dunraven in the Highlands. Um on the invitation of Lord Eaton, who is one of the fancy young men traveling with them. His real name is Roger. The fancy lads. <laughs> yes, one of those fancy lads. Uh, Roger, he's the nephew of the man who owns the castle. And Roger's like set to inherit all this guy's wealth because he didn't have any kids or whatever. Because he was too busy pining after that grandma. Oh, yeah, that hot grandma that he couldn't have. <laughs> every, every man is in love with Julia. Apparently she's just a goddess. Beautiful. Flaxen haired. Mm-hmm. They say she has a great personality, but I saw no hint of it at all in this book. <laughs> I mean, did anyone have a personality back then? Let's. You know. In 1998 or in Victorian England? Both. Both. <laughs> I certainly didn't, but you no, know, I was no. seven at the time. <laughs> in Victorian England? I think my whole personality was Neopets, perhaps, in 1998. I- that seems like it tracks. Yeah. Yeah. Really liked my shoiru. Uh, Julia arrives last to the castle uh, because of because of her lower class status. And there aren't any accommodations for her. So Lord Eaton is like, put her in the southern tower, south tower. I don't know what he fucking calls it. And the servants are like, from my bedroom. Yes. And the servants are like, ooh, are you sure about that? It seems like a bad idea. And Lord Scandalous. How dare you question me? Uh, So they begrudgingly put Julia up in this room. And uh, Julia goes to sleep there. And in the middle of the night, she's awoken, all the furniture changes, and the strange man is there in her room. And he's like, you're a witch. And then Julia pops back to her time. And. Then this happens again the next day and the next night. But then by this at the start, at the second night there's kissing. Like they're immediately kissing. They're kissing after they're stripping. After he the, disrobed her looking for yes. a witch's mark. Yeah. Which how do we feel about this? Bad. Okay. He's um, like, This girl keeps disappearing on me, and so I'm gonna steal a kiss from her in revenge. But he strips her first. That's also bad. Which is not great. Okay, so like I'm kind of uh, this is, I'm kind of conflicted as to 
how problematic I find this. Because mm-hmm. on the one hand, I'm like, okay, don't take off people's clothes without their consent. That's mm-hmm. not great. But also at the same time, I'm like, it's, there are we have hangups about nudity. Like nudity doesn't always have to be sexual, right? So right. like I think we can say that he was not trying to no like do a sexual thing here. But at the same time, it's in a romance book where everything is like does have a sexual cast on it because we know where this mm-hmm. is going. So I'm like, I don't know and how she- creepy I find this. <laughs> Well, then you have to consider the fact that, like, Julia is very affected by this kiss Mm -hmm. in a way that, like, has her blushing all the time thinking about it. Like, she obviously – this is her first kiss, her first experience with any man, and she's so horny for it. So horny. He really awoke something in her. Um, Horny for kilts. But, yeah, I don't – the insta-love in this one is particularly bad, in my opinion. It's pretty bad, yeah, because they, like – Part of the conceit of this, as it goes on, we find out that the time slips happen um, in a f- in. I'm sure I'm stepping on your shit, but like mm. the time slips happen. This is like in halfway down the page from where I am. God damn it. I'm, I'm so sorry. <laughs> in regards to the phases of the moon and as the moon grows fuller, the time slips get longer. Right. Mm-hmm. So like. By the time they're in love, that's like five, time slip number five or six, I feel like. It's so, like 14 days altogether, right? From the new moon to the full yeah, moon? Yeah, yeah. Or am I wrong? Yeah, because the moon is like a month. Cause the moon is a month. The moon is a month. That's like a thing. Did you guys, guys know? We don't do astrology on this month. <laughs> we find out this guy's name is Ray McKinnon, and he lives in the 1430s or something. He's got... There's a whole lot of something happening in 1430s Scotland mm-hmm. with a whole bunch of different clans and his brothers. I couldn't tell you what it is, though, because none of it was grounded in the reality of the story. None of it seemed to matter at all. Like It's just names being thrown at you. So basically what it is is that there's one clan that kind of dislikes the other clan that their clan is going to mm-hmm. marry into. And because of that, the one brother is like, oh, that clan hates us now so that he can convince Ray to go on a raid to the clan so mm-hmm. he can kill Ray is really what it boils down to. Yeah, None that, of the yeah. clan stuff matters is essentially there's it, so it's much not real left, in the though. first. <laughs> and they're, they're like, there's these other people. There's like, and I understand like the naming conventions, but they all do start with Mac. And I'm like, okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You could have had them start with Mac, something a little more distinct than what you did get, like McKinnon, McCallum, McCallaridge. I don't know. It was just like, I was like, okay, but. I feel like part of the appeal of the Highland thing is the clan thing because mm-hmm. it is, it does prey on that part of our brain that's like, yes, I want to do clicks, right? Which yes. is the same reason that people like fucking Harry Potter. That Not the only reason, but Harry Potter and fucking mm-hmm. uh, Divergent. Categorize me, baby. Categorize me, right, exactly. Put me in a house. Put me mm-hmm. in a, a faction, you know? Yeah. So I feel like I needed that with the clans. I needed them to be like, <laughs> the McKinnon clan. Whose We're clan the nerd is, clan. We're the clan sports clan. Purple and silver and who likes sports. Like... <laughs> Then I would have been able to follow. But as it was, I was like, I don't know. They're all Scottish. Yeah. Yeah. And we get no background information on them. It really, honestly, 
the I feel like the author was like, okay, I have this cool idea for there to be a fire at the end and a reason for her to save his life by making him come forward in time. Uh, how can I flesh that out? I mean, I also okay. feel like the the author was doing the thing that you do of like, I don't want her to end up in the past because things were worse for women. Then. Yes. Yeah. The past is, a, yeah. Always Although, go forward in time. Debatable as to who had more rights, Highland uh, women or Victorian, Victorian era. Yeah. Because like, yeah. Victorian era was rough for women, y'all. Corsets, not great, first of all. Not being able to divorce your husband, not yeah, great. Not great. Anyway, yeah, I, this was kind of like. Hmm. You made you a get choice. the it's worst fine. of both worlds. <laughs> she got the man that believes women have some rights, mm-hmm. so maybe that will benefit her. Yeah, I mean, I guess if you get to live in the time period with like more medical advances, and also your husband isn't isn't a misogynist, that might be kind of the best. That might be the best case scenario for these two <laughs> periods of time. <laughs> you got to pick and choose. Uh Julia is very bothered by these time traveling events. She thinks she's having nightmares or seeing ghosts or having some sort of episode. She doesn't understand. So all she knows is it's affecting her sleep and therefore affecting her good look. So she needs to leave this room or Scotland altogether. She doesn't care which one. Uh, So the day that she sets about to ask at least for a different room, the owner of the castle appears for breakfast. Lord Mew? Sure. (laughs) Mew. Lord Mew. He appears and... (laughs) He, uh, he and Julia eventually get to talking, and he's like, oh, cool, you're traveling through time. And she's like, the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> he's like, well, <laughs> let me tell you this story. I'll, t- I'll show you mine if you show me yours. Um, one time when I was a younger man, I also traveled through time while I was polishing a sword in my room. And Is that I- what they call it these days? Yikes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> It was a very long sword, very strong. And I saw a dying woman. Oh, wait, and I, Yes, and while I was doing it, I saw a dying woman. And oh, her son, okay. her son <laughs> saw me and was startled. <laughs> uh, and Julia's like, cool, that's not what happened to me. I, I can... I saw a hottie. I saw a hot guy and we touched and we kissed. Uh, he saw me naked. She didn't tell him all that, but... Um, she does tell this guy, yeah, I was able to touch and talk to him. And Laura Mir is like, I have to tell my nerd science friends about this and invite them to also come witness you travel through time. Can we all look at you in your bedroom at night? And she's Quick, like, summon the nerds. Summon- nerds, nerds, come Assemble. to me. We have a science to do. Science is used very loosely in this case. Extremely. They all belong to the society um that's they they investigate the science behind paranormal activities it's like ghost hunters yeah but victorian (laughs) but victorian and time travel so the time slips keep happening they happen for a while they eventually figure out it has something to do with the phases of the moon and the stones that both julia and ray wear so they wear some kind of like special quartz um, and it is implied at the end of the book that, like, maybe it's the same stone, just a mm. different 
period points in time but the way that they translate that information is hilarious did not even pick up on that Mm. yeah so i guess like ray has this is way getting ahead ray has to like leave his his stone in the past that he can fully come to the future and they said that his little brother found it everything had melted away except the stone and then they all kind of like look meaningfully at julia's ring and julia was like oh no we can never have a single gem in this castle at all get rid of all the gems no gems none none whatsoever i thought that it was just like because the brother found it that meant that someone in the past had it so it Mm -hmm. could like because you have to have one in the past and one in the future right. to like do the time travel. So I thought it was just like, well, now we can't have any gems because if they've got a gem and we've got a gem, then gems to gems and bad things will happen and we'll time travel again. I didn't think it, I didn't pick up that it was like the same. I one. I thought that was what they were implying. It was like he fitted it into a new piece or something. Uh. And then and then Julie was like, okay, get rid of the quartz, get rid of the rubies, get rid of the turquoise, get rid of the diamonds, get rid of everything. I can't have any gems because who knows what kind of gem will time travel to win. <laughs> can't can't have it. Even though people have been living in this castle for years, can't have it now. Yeah, it is interesting that only it's not interesting it's not it's just... really <laughs> <laughs> but also uh, i'd say maybe it's not interesting isn't the word that i mean to use plot hole is more the word i mean to use uh it's a plot hole that like there i guess were no other gems that did this right mm-hmm. like if what they need is a gem and another gem surely through the hundreds of years at some point there would be two gems in the two different times aside from these that two people gems. were touching at the same that time people were touching right yeah. and also the it's... moon just the Whatever. special quartz. Oh, Look, no, it's a romance. The rules don't have to make sense. That's true. <laughs> um, yes, yeah, so like kissing? Em said, <laughs> the closer to the full moon, the longer the time slip remains open and the longer Julia can be in the past. Um, and the only reason the two of them can travel through time is because Julia has a ring with the special weird quartz in it that everyone's like, ooh, that's a weird looking quartz. And then a, some protective necklace thing that Ray got from his mother when she died. Um. But apparently, so like when when Lord Mew was polishing his sword, he there was one of those weird quartz yeah. stones. So maybe that was the gem. I don't know. That's what I'm saying. I think it's just like, but it was they the were, same were, style of gem. Like yeah, the same I think quartz. So. I think it's like the same type of gem. Like I think so it's I'd a be specific. Like, get all the quartz out then. Who cares the shit about rubies? Hmm. Hmm. Maybe it's like one of those matching games where it's just like as long as you've got two that match, mm-hmm. you're good. So it's like if you have a ruby and someone in 1432 has a ruby, mm-hmm. then uh, a spaghetti you're going to time travel and <laughs> fall in love. I would simply not wear gems in this room. It seemed like it was okay everywhere else, but maybe Well, it was it was anywhere that they were at cuz they had to be at the same in the same the old area. Tiny castle. Yeah. Cuz yeah, there was like a couple places yeah. like they were outside and stuff a couple times. Um, but they both had to be in the same area. This is the thing. It's like you have to coordinate and be like, do you have a ruby on in, on Tuesday, January 2nd in 1445? Okay, then I mm-hmm. won't wear rubies that day. But you can't do that without time traveling in the first place. You see, it's a paradox. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You can't, you Don't can't think coordinate about it too your, hard. You can't coordinate your gem schedule in order to keep yourself from time traveling unless you first time travel. <laughs> It hurts. It hurts to think about. <laughs> All um, time travel. I mean, really. Fucky. 
Julia and Ray start to fall in love, and then they have like this little secret marriage ceremony in Ray's hand bed. fasting, hand fasting, and then classic they get naked. of Highland romances, and have they have so much sex, but not nothing very on the page. Yeah, there was only like one time where it kind of went into it, and I was like, okay, I see why you didn't go into it before. This is not your strong suit. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It was very tame, Fade very boring. To black. Yeah, yeah. Which, you know, there are some people who don't like reading explicit sex on the page, so. Then he stuck his penis in my vagina and I came so hard. (laughs) He hated that. (laughs) Oh, my God. Uh, (laughs) Imagine it's the most clinical sex scene. (laughs) Just. I honestly don't know which is worse when, like, it's very clinical or when it's like very flowery right because like oh yeah he inserted his hot molten love rod into my warm pleasure warm center (laughs) (laughs) it's like all right (laughs) oh my god (sighs) he laughed at my pleasure soup like a little bunny rabbit laughing at (laughs) he said mmm you're so soupy down here for me. <laughs> so moist and soupy. <laughs> Did somebody order cream of chicken? <laughs> it could have been worse. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I can't move on from this. Yum, 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 soup's on. <laughs> Let me put my ladle into your soup bowl. <laughs> oh. Give me that chicken noodle. <laughs> See, I tried to pick the most outlandish thing that wouldn't work as a romance thing, but the truth is... Anything can be a romance novel metaphor, guys. Truly, truly. Oh, my God. He was a chef in the kitchen who only made warm soups. And she was a gastro... What do they call it? Gastronomologist. That's it. (laughs) Who wanted to make cold soups in her lab. But somehow they came together and made it work. I can't believe you've served ceviche again, he yelled, throwing a ladle across the room. For some reason, she felt all hot under the collar. I could write romance novels. Oh, my God. (laughs) Oh, Chef Boyardee! No! I'm done. I'm done. This is the end of the podcast episode. Join us next week where we don't talk about soup sex. Oh my oh. god. Ugh. Anyway, so there's. So my bugging. love for you is simmering just like grandma's chicken and dumplings. Oh, minestrone. Let's say we get Italian wedding. <laughs>
<laughs> he knelt down on one knee and pulled out a can. <laughs> Hold on, I have to go get the can opener. This is going to be cute, but now it's a whole thing. <laughs> what is this? Just a, a can of Campbell's tomato soup? Open it. Oh, Chef Boyardee, you shouldn't have. It's so beautiful. I said as I placed the... <laughs> As I place the ring on my finger, a meatball-shaped diamond. <laughs> See, I was trying to—I was going to try to do a joke about me having to open a meatball, diamond, but I couldn't get there. So I'm glad you—you you went with the, that. That was a good way to. to I got it. I got a chocolate diamond, so it's more resemble <laughs> meatball. Mm. Anyway. sex a lot anyway in julia's present day she's having uh lord muir and his little science friends in her room at all times of the night which is pretty bad for julia's reputation and everyone recognizes this but instead of coming up with some excuse for this to happen um they just they just continue on and eventually lord muir's nephew roger finds out and he gets it into his head that julia is trying to seduce or already has seduced his uncle so she can marry the uncle and take roger's inheritance away i just really wish that roger would like like it was so insinuated and talked around but i really wish at some point either roger straight out said or julia in her like inner monologue was like Mm -hmm. i can't believe he thinks i'm in my room fucking four old men yeah (laughs) <laughs> he wow he must he really think happening. a lot of my sexual prowess if he thinks i can take four old men at once <laughs> at one point roger's like i bet you would like someone younger who has a bit more stamina and i'm like i bet she wouldn't if she's like going for it once i feel like she's probably good it probably like, evens out to about stamina. the same thing yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> gross <laughs> roger decides roger decides that he will blackmail julia and also try to get some sex out of her since it seems that she's already willingly giving it out to a bunch of old dudes. He's like, room for one more? <laughs> uh, this obviously doesn't go well for him. He attempts a sexual assault, but Julia gets away and injuring him in the process. Julia tells Lord Muir about it, and Lord Muir threatens Roger, threatens to take away his inheritance. But Roger still tells a bunch of people about Julia supposedly having a sex with an old... Bleh. Let me take that again. Julia still tells... No. Roger still tells a bunch of people about Julia supposedly having a bunch of sex with some old science nerds, so her reputation is ruined anyway. <laughs> I did like, though, that, like, there wasn't... Because I feel like this is also a thing in historicals where, like, the woman will be under threat of, like, her reputation being ruined. Mm. And instead of her just, like... Like, I like that she had someone she could go to and be like, hey, your nephew's being a creepo. Like, yes. And he yeah. wasn't like, I don't believe you. He was like... Oh, yeah, sounds like my stupid, dumbhead nephew. Definitely yes. a creepo. <laughs> it's like that Roger, I hate him, but he's that my Roger, only, I hate him. only nephew. Only first thing I can give money to. If only I wasn't cursed with such a creepo nephew. <laughs> uh, yeah. The, the, so it gets out. Everyone kind of snubs her, but Julia doesn't really seem to mind a whole, whole bunch. Like, her cousin still talks to her and her cousin's secret boyfriend. So she has a couple friends, and also she has, like, you know, the time-traveling boyfriend. So whatever 
I don't even care about you guys. Normal. I've got a boyfriend in 1430 Scotland. <laughs> you wouldn't know him. He doesn't go to this time he stream. Go to this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm definitely going to visit him over the summer. <laughs> His uncle owns a Nintendo. He's giving us all new Switches. Um, eventually, the full moon happens, and Julia and Ray are able to exist more fully in each other's time streams at the same time, I guess. Uh, so they have a lot of sex. Um, the scientists have told Julia that this may be the last time the time slip will happen. So they have a tearful goodbye. But I was reading this and I was like, there's so much more of this book to go. So what's Certainly. gonna happen? Um, none of it mattered because when the moon begins waning, Ray is then it reverses. Ray is able to come forward to Julia's time stream instead of the other way around. Wow, what a delight. <sighs> also, I will say, this book like very early on was like, hmm, it looks like this mysterious third lord of blah 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 was mm. we don't have much info about but we know he was succeeded by someone named donald and <laughs> that's about it i guess i guess ray has a kid named donald and donald's like ah my brother's name is donald and everyone's like hmm must have named your son after your Isn't brother and i'm sweet? like sweet even ray is like yeah i must have he's like yeah must i must have done that sasanach and it's like <laughs> all right well okay or like you're obviously not like you're just gonna you're just not you're gonna your brother is gonna do the thing and you're just gonna no you're not okay. there anymore you're yeah. not there okay mysterious and- mysterious third lord who like didn't rule for very long and has no history <laughs> written about him i wonder what happened and ray doesn't even start putting those pieces together until, until like, like he sees portraits of his ancestors and they all look like his brother's wife and he's like hmm Mm, interesting, interesting. fishy is going on. I, I must return to the past and marry my brother's wife. <laughs> exactly. And name my son Donald in my brother's <laughs> honor. <laughs> oh, Ray. <laughs> so Ray being able to come forward in time. Obviously, the science nerds want to have a little party for him. Uh, and they say he's an academic studying the 15th century, and that's why he wears authentic clothing and yada, yada, yada. This would be so much easier today if they could just be like, he's LARPing. Yeah, he just it. he's just always LARPing. <laughs> Don't mind him. He's an actor preparing for a role. Method. <laughs> so method. Uh Ray does some angry growling at Roger and also throws him around a little bit because of what happened with Julia. But otherwise hot. it's like all the women just think he's hot and because Julia knows him, they're all willing to talk to Julia again. Okay. If only we had any interactions with Julia and the other women that would make this seem like a thing that should be celebrated or cared about at all, even a little bit. Yeah, no. Why would there be other women in a novel already about one woman? Come on. (laughs) We just need to hang out with more science nerds. (laughs) So some time passes, less than two weeks, though, but some, some amount of time. Little science nerds read in a journal that Ray will die on the night of the new moon. Or rather... His keep is destroyed in a fire and a body is found in the wreckage, though some people noted it was too small to be raised, but like, whatever, Ray probably dies. Julia's like, no, you can't. We must save him. We must somehow use time to save Ray. But Ray is like, I'm very noble and I can't abandon my people. So And Julia's also like, I'm pregnant, but I'm not going <laughs> but to I tell can't Ray. Tell you. What is up, y'all? Quit doing this. <laughs> 
like, stop. Fucking well, she's tell like, your baby daddy. I don't want to influence his decision at all by telling him I'm pregnant. And this I'm like, is the same fucking thing that happened in the right cast. And I'm like, y'all, just, that's a that's a, he just he can he be influenced know. by that. He, yes, he he seems to be a nice man who would care very much about his own children if he knew about them. So just just fucking tell him. Just let him know. So he goes in with all the info. And so he's not instead like, I'm going to go back in time and risk my life versus dying in a castle that we all know happened. Um, whatever. Julie's pregnant. She tells Lord Muir and he's like, well, even if Ray dies, I'll save you from this scandal. I'll even marry you if I have to. And of course, Snoopy Roger overhears only that last bit of the conversation where his uncle's like, I'll marry you, Julia. So Roger's like, I'm going to plot to get rid of Julia and my uncle, I guess. The night of the new moon happens. Roger convinces his fiance, who is also Julia's cousin Lilith. I don't mention that, but Roger and Lilith are getting married. Hooray. Um, they're going, she, Lilith drugs Julia. It's kind of funny. She's like, this letter arrived for you. You should read it. And Julia opens a letter and there's nothing in it. And then Lilith's like, boom, chloroform. (laughs) It was very funny. (laughs) When's Lilith's spinoff book going to happen? I don't know. I need it though. Like former villainess who went home in, uh, a scan amidst scandal and shame because and with the dead fiance i guess she doesn't really know he's dead he probably they just they said he they, disappeared to north yeah they america. claim he like fucked off to america yeah so she's gonna go find him um so that they can restore his honor and go get that inheritance but along the way she meets someone and falls in love probably and a cowboy because probably like, a cowboy who teaches her about honor yeah because that's another trope we like to use to try to have like <laughs> There's another oppressed, oppressed group that's still white. Yes, yes. No, you can't get can't get too diverse there. You know? Right. They have to suffer, <laughs> but in a difference. white way. Yeah. <laughs> Completely safe and white way. Um, <laughs> Julia, they take her magic time slip ring and then they roll her up in a rug and mail her out. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, bye. See ya. This whole scene was my favorite thing that happened in this book. What are we doing? Just murder her. I know. Honestly, if you if you're really committed to this plot, just kill her. You it's, don't need you're, to. You're gonna get away with it. It's it's Jack the Ripper times. Truly, like, who cares? you had it. You had it. You had everything you wanted in the palm of your hand, and you just rolled it up in a rug and sent it out with the with the servants who all were, love her. What were they gonna do? Find the bloody knife in your room and be like. Oh well, guess this might be pig's blood. Can't tell for sure. Can't tell. Yeah, who knows? We don't have that kind of technology. No yet. DNA test, baby. You're just take the free. murder weapon back into time with you. You're gonna yes. go. <sighs> Roger drugs all the science nerds. He then carries his uncle's body back in time to leave him there. Uh, he. I think he's wearing Julia's ring, uh, or something. I don't know. Um, meanwhile, Ray's younger brother, who really, so he has, Ray has two younger brothers. Donald is the youngest. The middle brother really wants the lordship, um, has betrayed Ray with that backstory that we said earlier. None of it mattered, really. He knocks Ray unconscious and then sets everything on fire. You could also tell he was evil because he had just too many vowels in his name. Yes. E-A-N. E-I- E-I-N. Yes. Yain. Yain. Sorry to any, any Yains out there, I guess. <laughs> or Ian. I don't know. Is it Ian? It's I- probably just Ian. 
I don't know what that extra eye is doing. Hanging out, chilling. Suspicious things. <laughs> Roger goes to take the time slip necklace off Ray's neck, and Ray wakes up and chases Roger around the keep that's on fire. He's like, I'm going to get you. And his, Roger's like, no, don't. <laughs> Uh, Roger gets taken down by a fallen beam and is set on fire and dies. Convenient. <laughs> Very. And Ray is like, wow, <laughs> that sucks. He then stabs Roger's dead body with his younger brother's dagger to make it look like his younger brother killed him so that the youngest brother can do something about it, I guess. And then he takes Lord Muir back into the future and they do time slip stuff and he's able to stay there in the future. They get married and have a baby. Yep, and Lord Muir leaves them the castle Dunraven, and they throw all the gems away. Gone. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I guess they get everything then. I don't know. I don't think they get everything because most of it's entailed. Like, so it oh, has to go to true. someone in the family or whatever. So it'll probably go to like a fifth cousin or something. Mm-hmm. But they get They're Dunraven he because did. he specifically says, "Oh, I he bought, bought it with my own money. Mm-hmm. I didn't intend." And it's, it. it's yours fine. anyway. <laughs> yeah. Which I'm like, I don't know how that would hold up in a court, but like, okay. Whatever, yeah. Whatever, it's fine. It's theirs. He wrote it in the will. The end. That was this book. End. Yay. Hooray. Um. Yeah. So it was fine. It was whatever. Yeah. I mean, it definitely showed that there, you. You don't have to be gross like that other book was. Mm-hmm. You can have like a perfectly normal, boring romance, but also time travel. Yeah. Time travel can be boring, too, guys. Yeah. Not everything is going to be, you know, soups and meatballs. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So moving into the last book of this unit. Yes. Thoughts, feelings, preferences. I like like the whole pulling them forward in time, like the Kate and Leopold of it all. I Mm -hmm. like that. Um, um, I also... I want there to be personality. <laughs> hard to hard to gauge that. <laughs> hard to gauge that, but maybe like even just a m- more recent publication sure. would 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 succeed there. Um, yeah, I mean, other than that, I really don't have a lot of knowledge. Like the time travel, cool, keep it, I guess. <laughs> the romance, yeah, keep it. Um, I don't really have a ton of preferences because I don't really. I've only read these two books in the genre, mm. so. Um, yeah, hit me with something really good. Great. Yes, go I'll get on that. Yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> so next week, we'll be back with another Morphs Monday with Animorphs number 41, The Familiar. All right. And then the week after that, we're going to be starting a new uh, listener submitted unit, which was suggested to us from our uh, friend of the show and listener, Brad. What's up, Brad? <laughs> and DM. Um, Thanks, Brad. And DM. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I guess technically GM because it's not D&D, but he suggested that we look into prehistoric fiction or I think he said dinosaur and cave people fiction. So we're going to be going even further back in time from the Scottish Highlands to the prehistoric times with the Clan of the Cave Bear uh, by Jean M. Owl, 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 one of those could be close. Uh, (laughs) So that's going to be two weeks from now. Looking forward to it. In the meantime... If you have any books or units you'd like us to discuss on the podcast, you can tweet at us at ShelfAwareCast or email us ShelfAwareCast at gmail.com. We're also on Instagram at ShelfAwareCast. I haven't, it's been there for like a month now, but I haven't said anything because I keep forgetting and we're recording (laughs) like so far ahead. Uh, 
that I don't know when you'll hear this. I may have stopped updating it again. By then. Instagram may have been destroyed. Instagram may be dead. Um, <laughs> you follow us there as well. I post really pretty pictures of books and stuff. Um, as always, thank you to Ben Cope for the use of our theme song. You can check out his YouTube channel in our show notes below. We are also on all of your favorite podcast aggregating platforms. So if you haven't followed or subscribed to us on one of those, maybe you'll also stumble across a time slip and you can go back in time and rectify that decision. <laughs> if you use Apple Podcasts, we'd very much appreciate a five-star review. But if you don't, that's all right, because you are allowed to talk about us anywhere on the internet you would like. Um, in the words of Kathleen Kirkwood, do you know what this means? I've waited 20 years for this. For what? Julia panted as he set her down. Now let's both take a run at that panting. You twirled me around. I wasn't ready. The moon is a month. That's like a thing. Did you guys, guys know? We don't do astrology on this month. Or astronomy. No, I know. The- it was it was purposeful, <laughs> but now no one's going to think it was. Cause you- <laughs> I promise I'm not an idiot. Only, well, I can't promise that. I promise nothing. I promise nothing. Uh- you shall have no promises from me today. <laughs>